Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. It's harder to focus than ever these days. Thankfully, C4 has reinvented the energy drink game with C4 Smart Energy, the only energy drink clinically proven to provide enhanced mental focus, containing 200 milligram of natural caffeine, a blend of vitamins and zero sugar. It was formulated to support your well-being and help you feel your best, all while enhancing mental focus. From your brain to your body, C4 Smart Energy does it all, and tastes amazing. Look for Smart Energy in the beverage aisle at your local Kroger, Albertsons, and Safeway grocery stores. C4 Smart Energy. Stay focused. Tonight, terror gripping Afghanistan's suicide bombers killed 12 U.S. service members and injure 15 more at the Kabul airport, making it the deadliest day for the military there in a decade. And the president tonight vowing revenge. The ultimate nightmare scenario. Graphic and devastating scenes near the airport. Dozens of innocent Afghans killed. Survivors using a wheelbarrow to get victims to the hospital. How did the terrorists get through checkpoints? And why the military says the threat isn't over. Plus, the mission continues. The military vows to keep evacuating Americans and Afghans. But what about retaliation? We will not forgive. We will not forget. We will hunt you down and make you pay. Delta's summer surge. No room in the ICU as medical staff battle to save lives at an Oregon hospital. Us ICU nurses, we're used to winning, and we're not winning. In our Back to School series, a focus on mental health, the groundbreaking program to help students as they return to the classroom. Travel slow down. Why are Americans suddenly canceling their flights? Plus, will Europe soon ban American tourists? Dangerous storm forming, the latest on what could become a major hurricane. And mission of hope, U.S. service members in Afghanistan show the best of humanity, risking their lives to save others. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell. Reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening and thank you for joining us. We are going to begin tonight with that breaking news on one of the darkest days for the U.S. military in more than a decade. As troops were overseeing the evacuation, twin suicide attacks near the Kabul airport killed at least 12 U.S. service members 
Fifteen others were wounded. At least 90 Afghans were killed, 150 wounded. It was exactly the type of attack that the State Department had warned about. The first bomb went off just outside the airport's Abbey Gate, where crowds of Afghans had gathered hoping to get inside for a flight to freedom. The second not far away at the Barron Hotel. That's a staging point for Americans hoping to evacuate. Well, a short time ago, an emotional President Biden paid tribute to the troops who were lost and had a warning for ISIS-K, the terrorist group that claimed responsibility. We will not be deterred by terrorists. We will not let them stop our mission. We will continue the evacuation. The president also vowing to press on with the evacuation, promising to rescue Americans and Afghan allies, which is five days until his deadline for withdrawing U.S. forces. Well, we have a team of correspondents covering every angle. CBS's Charlie Daggett is going to lead off our coverage from the region in Doha, Qatar. Good evening, Charlie. Good evening to you, Nora. Tonight, Afghanistan is on a state of high alert. Kabul Hospital is dealing with all the wounded, while many are wondering whether today's attacks are just the start of a campaign of violence. Chaos and carnage as back-to-back bomb blasts tore through packed crowds at the airport. First at Abbey Gate, the entrance guarded by U.S. Marines. A gun battle broke out, followed by a second blast at the nearby Barron Hotel, a gathering point for American evacuees and others trying to get out. The number of people known to have been killed is still climbing, but graphic images from the scene show countless bodies of victims lying in a sewage drainage ditch. People raced to save survivors using any means they could find. Witnesses say a suicide bomber walked straight toward the entrance gate before blowing himself up. There was a very strong and powerful suicide attack, he says, in the middle of the people. Many were killed, including Americans. The Pentagon said tonight U.S. troops were vulnerable as they were in close contact with the crowd trying to escort people into the airport. This is close-up work. The breath of the person you are searching is upon you. While we have overwatch in place, we still have to touch the clothes of the person that's coming in. Tonight, ISIS claimed responsibility, posting a picture of the alleged suicide bomber. The Taliban, responsible for the security around the airport, condemned the bombings. Yet, despite specific warnings from Western intelligence agencies that an attack was imminent, Afghanistan's new rulers were incapable of doing anything to stop it. The bombings have not only complicated the evacuation plan for remaining U.S. citizens and thousands of service members, for Afghans, it confirms the darkest fears of what's to come once American forces pull out for good. And Charlie, I understand there were more explosions at the airport. What can you tell us? Yeah, well, that's right, Nora. And you can imagine that has sent jitters throughout the capital. But we understand from the U.S. military that they're actually blowing up ammunition stores rather than transporting them back home. All right, Charlie Daggett, thank you. Also, some breaking news just come in, coming in. Sadly, the death toll has climbed tonight. CBS News has learned that an additional U.S. service member has died, bringing the total to 13. With that news, we want to go now to the White House. It is a dark day, certainly in America, and one of the worst days of Joe Biden's presidency. He says he takes responsibility fundamentally for everything that has happened in Afghanistan. And CBS's Nancy Cordes joins us now from the White House. Nancy, good evening. 
Good evening, Nora. We just heard from the commander-in-chief. He said despite these deaths, his military leaders want to continue with this risky evacuation mission for a few more days. And he does, too. A tough day. A somber President Biden called the fallen troops heroes who died in the service of an historic airlift. We have some sense, like many of you do, what the families of these brave heroes are feeling today. You get this feeling like you're being sucked into a black hole in the middle of your chest. There's no way out. The president said he has ordered the Pentagon to draw up plans to strike back at the ISIS offshoot that claimed responsibility for the bombing. To those who carried out this attack, as well as anyone who wishes America harm, know this. We will not forgive. We will not forget. We will hunt you down and make you pay. The attack came just five days before the troops were set to pull out entirely. The president and his top aides had been warning for days that an attack like this might happen. Republicans, who were already critical of the White House withdrawal plan, blamed the casualties on the commander-in-chief, calling the crisis an inexcusable mess. Biden's the only one who really followed through with the stupidest possible option. And now we're paying in blood for it. Republican leader Mitch McConnell wrote this murderous attack offers the clearest possible reminder that terrorists will not stop fighting the United States just because our politicians grow tired of fighting them. Some Republicans even called on President Biden to resign. But this evening, he argued that his predecessor, President Trump, left him with few options by cutting a deal with the Taliban to pull all troops out this year. Nora. Nancy Cordes at the White House, thank you. And tonight, the U.S. military remains on high alert in Kabul, even as it moves ahead with the evacuation. CBS's David Martin reports the threat of more attacks is very real. As deadly as today's attack was, General Frank McKenzie says ISIS is likely to try again before this evacuation is over. The threat from ISIS is extremely real, and we expect those attacks to continue. And we're doing everything we can to be prepared for those attacks. Today's attack was carried out by a bomber on foot. But McKenzie, the general and overall command of the evacuation, says ISIS has bigger bombs in mind. We also know they aim to get a suicide, a vehicle-borne suicide attack in if they can, from a small vehicle to a large vehicle. They're working all those options. The 5,000 combat troops at the airport have strike aircraft, drones, helicopters, and gunships watching over them from the air. But McKenzie acknowledges that he has to rely on Taliban checkpoints to keep suicide bombers away from the airport. We've reached out to the Taliban. We've told them you, you need to continue to push out the security perimeter. We've identified some roads that we would like for them to close. They've identified that they'll, they will be willing to close those roads because we assess the threat of a suicide-borne vehicle threat is high right now. McKenzie said the only way to screen people trying to get on evacuations flights is to come in close contact with them. That's increased risk for the troops doing the screening, but allowing a suicide bomber onto an aircraft would be an even greater disaster. Nora? It's chilling to hear the general say that today. David Martin, thank you. 
And turning now to the COVID pandemic, tonight all 50 states are seeing high levels of COVID transmission, and the U.S. is averaging almost 150,000 new cases per day. That's actually the most since January. Staggering. Well, outside the South, Oregon has become one of the worst hotspots in the country, and CBS's Janet Shamlian is there. This is the all-out battle to save lives in a Medford, Oregon intensive care unit. All beds are full. Most are unvaccinated and dying. I saw almost everyone in your ICU on a ventilator. How many of them will come out of this? We just withdrew care on two patients, so they'll die within the next hour. I think we will lose another couple by tonight. Turnaround time after a patient dies to get another in the room is only a few hours. It's it's the worst we've ever seen. Nurse Clarissa Carson is traumatized by the unprecedented number of deaths. The grief is tremendous. We are used to winning. Us ICU nurses, are, we're used to winning. And we're not winning. We're losing. Oregon's COVID hospitalizations are at their highest level since the pandemic started. The state has reimposed mask mandates as a patchwork of rules on masks and vaccinations are being ordered elsewhere across the country. It's extraordinarily important that we keep our kids safe. Illinois today ordered teachers kindergarten through college to get vaccinated or tested weekly. This is not about a vaccine. This is about fundamental rights. But there's anger in the streets of New York City over a vaccine mandate for all public employees. A similar mandate in Oregon which reported one of the highest increases in new cases last week, sparked hundreds to protest outside the hospital. Inside, the ICU was eerily quiet. Dr. Ghosh says he wishes they could see the depth of suffering. I wish things were not so polarized and so political. We're just trying to save lives over here. And Janet Chamlian joins us now from Medford, Ohio. So interesting to hear from the caregivers there. And what's the current situation now? So out of the 15 beds in the ICU unit that we were in, two of the patients died yesterday. And so far, two have died today. The hospital says the current crisis is finding beds for people who do not have COVID, but who are critically ill. Nora. Janet Chamlian, thank you so much. Well, back here in Washington, seven Capitol Police officers today sued former President Trump and several far-right extremist groups over the January 6th insurrection. The suit claims they conspired to provoke the deadly attack on the Capitol by repeating lies that the 2020 election had been stolen. There's been no immediate comment from the former president or his lawyer. Well, tonight, authorities in Illinois are investigating a deadly shooting in Kankakee County Courthouse. Two people were killed and another was wounded. Two suspects are in custody. The motive for the attack is not yet known. All right, tonight in our special Back to School series, we look into the growing mental health crisis among American students returning to school, in some cases for the first time in a year and a half. Here's CBS's Meg Oliver. If you're not feeling okay then you should speak up and say something. This summer at New Jersey's Montclair State University, 16-year-old Catherine Cheeky Zumba learned techniques to reduce stress and how to focus on mental wellness. There's a lot of kids, they don't want to address it or they're scared to address it. On top of remote high school classes, she worked at her family's daycare center. But as pressure and isolation took a toll, Zumba kept quiet. I will always like fake a smile. Were you depressed? Not really depressed, but like mostly sad all the time. 
A recent survey by Mental Health America found 54 percent of 11 to 17-year-olds reported frequent suicidal thoughts or self-harm in the previous two weeks, the highest rate since it began screening in 2014. If kids don't have their mental health in check, those academics are going to it's going to be like a toilet bowl. Psychologist Jacqueline Friedman Lombardo. What's your advice to parents and students that are struggling with their mental health right now? Mental health isn't always about seeing a therapist or a psychiatrist. Sometimes it's about becoming involved in your community. It's about making those connections, feeling that you belong. It's happened to you. It happens to us. Even before starting her junior year in high school, Zumba already learned a lifelong lesson. There is going to be issues in life. The real thing that you got to focus on is just, you know, how you handle it. This school year, the lesson is healing children's minds is as important as their academic recovery. Meg Oliver, CBS News, New Jersey. It's three o'clock somewhere. Time for a My Mochi ice cream snack. My Mochi ice cream is cool, creamy scoops of premium ice cream wrapped in sweet, pillowy dough. And get this. All of My Mochi's fabulous flavors, like strawberry, mango, double chocolate, and cookies and cream, are only around 80 calories per piece. Talk about a guilt-free, indulgent experience. Each box of My Mochi ice cream has six perfectly portioned, gluten-free mochis that are great for grab-and-go. So feel good while curbing your afternoon cravings, or the midnight munchies, yeah. You know who you are with the joyfully chill sensation of My Mochi ice cream. Find My Mochi ice cream at Target or visit MyMochi.com to locate a grocery store near you. Tonight, a weather update because a powerful storm is brewing in the Caribbean and it could hit the Gulf Coast of the U.S. this weekend as Hurricane Ida. The storm is expected to dump as much as 15 to 20 inches of rain in Jamaica and the Cayman Islands before possibly hitting Louisiana as early as Sunday. One effect that we're seeing from this summer's surge in COVID cases, a lot of people are canceling flights, and Europe may soon tell Americans not to come. Here, CBS's Errol Barnett. It just seemed like a lot of travel to an area that I didn't feel particularly comfortable in. Louise Miller in Maryland is immunocompromised and should be on her way to North Carolina to see friends. But with COVID deaths spiking due to the highly transmissible Delta variant, plans changed. When you're 70, life's too short. Miller is not alone. The TSA reported its lowest air travel numbers of the summer on Tuesday and Wednesday after hitting its highest traffic of the year at the beginning of the month. And a new survey from Cars.com found that rising concerns forced a fifth of those planning to fly to cancel their tickets and drive instead. There is a lot more anxiety uh, with airlines, with hotels, with cruise lines and all members of the travel industry right now compared to just a couple of months ago. Travel analyst Henry Hardevelt had in-person meetings canceled today and says business travel, too, is taking a hit. We're going to see more and more of these meetings getting moved online as companies try to figure out how to keep their employees safe. Meanwhile, in Hawaii... It's not a good time uh, to travel to the islands. The state's governor says cases are so high there, he is discouraging incoming travel. Our hospitals are at capacity. Our um, ICUs are full. And the European Union is reconsidering allowing Americans into the region. 
And there's more. American Airlines said this week it is already tracking bookings declining. Cancellations are creeping up. Plus, the reservation rental website Airbnb said it is expecting fewer reservations this fall, Nora, all of it because of the latest Delta surge. Carol Barnett and Reagan National, thank you. Ending a war can be as dangerous as starting one. And as we end our longest war, a war that has already taken nearly 2,500 lives, 13 more service members were killed today in the deadliest attack on U.S. troops in 10 years. This is what American troops were doing before terrorists struck today. Feeding children, playing with kids, lending an arm to the elderly. The American military is the greatest in the world, not only because of its superior force, but because of its humanity. Soldiers providing a helping hand, pulling Afghan infants to safety. This child kept warm by the uniform of a U.S. soldier during her evacuation. This mother delivered her baby in the cargo bay of a C-17, naming the newborn Reach after the call sign of the aircraft that rescued her. For the last two decades, our mission has been about keeping us safe at home and improving the lives of Afghans. The 13 U.S. service members who made the ultimate sacrifice today did not die in vain. 100,000 people have been evacuated because of their heroic actions. They answered the call and did what they were trained to do, a reminder of the high price of freedom. And God bless our U.S. troops. Tomorrow, an important story. What happens to women in a Taliban-run Afghanistan and some of the desperate measures being taken to get as many to safety as possible? And a reminder, can't watch us live? Well, set your DVR so you can watch us later in the day. And that's tonight's edition of the CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in the nation's capital. And we want to leave you tonight with the flag at the Capitol, now at half-staff, in honor of the U.S. service members and the other lives lost in Kabul. Good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. The Hargan women seem to have it all. From the outside looking in, we were blessed. My mom was amazing. But as detectives would soon learn, there was a lot going on inside the Hargan household. Ashley and I have been calling my mom and the house and Helen. No one's answering. 63-year-old Pamela Hargan gunned down in her own home. Her youngest daughter, Helen, lay dead upstairs. Patrol, when they arrived, assumed or thought that there might have been a murder-suicide. But for the detectives on the scene... There were things about the scene itself that were concerning to us on day one. Who would want to kill their mother and their little sister? There is no boogeyman here. It is exactly who we think it is. I'm Peter Vance Sat from 48 Hours. This is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, early and ad-free on Wondery Plus.